Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Um, Big day in the NHL. Going to catch you up on the crazy day that we had. Lots of signings, lots of tradings, lots of rumors, and oh yeah, we got free agency tomorrow. So I'm also going to give you some names that I think the Leafs will be considering. Also going to do a power ranking, that's right, a patented Al's Brother power ranking here on the Locked On Leafs podcast, giving you my top five free agent options, a realistic list, something I did the least. I could just say, yeah, let's go and get Lena Solmark and Gabe Landeskog and Nick Paul, I, I could. But that's not realistic. So it's a realistic list as to what I think the Leafs can and might and preferably should do. Uh, and then I'm going to play the match game. So basically just going to take some of the biggest free agents out on the market and try and fit and guess and see where they will land. Some of this is based on things that I've heard, things that I've read, and just where I think a good fit would be based on, um, you know, personnel or based on systems, familiarity, and most of all, obviously, based on whether or not the team can afford them. Because there are a lot of teams that uh, that really have pulled themselves out of the running to uh, to sign some big time free agents. Uh, but let's get let's get to the the crazy day in the NHL. So around noon, just before noon, um, the Mark Andre Fleury trade came down the pipe here, and so he was traded to Chicago for uh, a minor league prospect. Um, essentially, cap space was the real return that Vegas got. And considering what the top teams were willing to pay to rid their team of cap space, it's actually a big win for uh, for Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, that's a big win for him and his club. Off the ice, however, a big L. Uh, apparently, Marc-Andre Fleury found out through Twitter um, about the deal that was being finalized. Now, McCrimmon did come out and say that's not entirely true. Uh, a few weeks ago, there was conversations that Chicago was a team that was interested and was a team that was not on uh, Mark Andre's uh, no trade list. So he was aware that McCrimmon at least was discussing a potential deal with Chicago, but did not let him know that a deal went through. And what he said was, "Well, we were trying to get the trade call done so that you know we didn't have any hiccups." And I, I mean. That's just a terrible, terrible excuse. So uh, a big L off the ice for uh, for the credibility of McCrimmon, I suppose, of, of being a good guy. But, I mean, this, this guy's all business anyways. He always has been all business. And, honestly, that's kind of what you want out of a general manager. You don't want to take things to heart. Um, and that's what he did. You know, he realized, look— Marc-Andre Fleury means so much to this organization, but at this point, I think what's better for us is to open up that $7 million cap space, give the number one job to Robin Leonard, and use that money to go and make a big splash. Enter Jack Eichel. Rumors are circulating right now that Jack Eichel is almost on his way to Vegas. 
There is a deal that uh, has been talked about. Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News. Interestingly enough, this was also the deal that, I, like, when I heard that these two teams were talking, this was a deal that I proposed, and now apparently that is what um, Buffalo is asking of them. And just going to quickly pull up exactly what the deal is. But it's Peyton Krebs, Nick Hag, Riley Smith, and a first-round pick in return for Jack Eichel. So, you know, moving out that cap space getting rid of $7 million allows them to bring in a big ticket item like Jack Eichel. So if you put these, you know, that trade together, it's essentially Eichel for Krabs, Hag, Smith, Flurry, and a first. And it looks a lot, you know, I guess more normal than trading away your Vesna goaltender for nothing. Right. Uh, but that was a really bizarre way to open up the day. Um, Fleury did send out uh, through his his agent a letter to Vegas fans, and it said, quote, I want to thank all the amazing fans in Vegas and my teammates for four incredible years together. You embraced me and my family from day one and made playing games at the Fortress one of the great joys of my life. We will miss playing in Vegas very much, but I am grateful for the time in your city. So grateful to the fan base but did not issue anything to the organization. Didn't you use the words golden Knights at all. Um, and also didn't say I'm excited to, you know, continue my career in Chicago. That also didn't come, which brings me to my next point about this deal. It's real interesting is now apparently he may be contemplating retirement and just might not want to play anywhere else, but Vegas. And if they traded him, um, it's just, you know, he may decide to hang it up and Hey, Guy's had a Hall of Fame career. He can hang it up if he really wants to. He doesn't have to go to Chicago. Um, And Chicago didn't really give anything up to bring him in. And even if he does retire, the cap just goes away because he just, Fleury's going to fail to report to the team, and then that cap just gets wiped off. So it's kind of a win-win for Chicago. Um, You know, a team that apparently has Stanley Cup aspirations. I'm not sure Fleury puts him in the Stanley Cup conversation, or in fact, I'm willing to bet that it doesn't put him in the conversation, but it definitely makes him a playoff team, which is what they're trying to do. Trying to extend that window for Jonathan Taze and for uh, Patrick Kane. I'm not as sold on, you know, how good this team is, like apparently Stan Bowman is, but... You know, it, it, it's a it's a big swing, I guess, but you're not giving up anything. It's extremely high, uh, low risk, high reward, but uh, an interesting way to start the day. So Flurry, uh, as of now, traded to Chicago. Whether or not he stays there and whether or not he plays there is totally up in the air. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts car will ever need visit rockauto.com
All right, let's get to some other of the big news that we saw happen today. Um, Alex Ovechkin signed a, an extension with the Washington Capitals. We always knew that this extension was coming. Um, I, I don't think anyone anticipated Ovi to actually test the market despite being a UFA. Something that no one even talked about was the fact that Ovechkin, everyone talked about Carey Price being exposed. Ovechkin was also exposed, technically. He was not protected by Washington. Now, they didn't need to because he was a UFA and he was always going to be going back. But I always do like to say that the Caps did not protect Alex Ovechkin in the expansion draft. Anyways, signs a new deal with the team. Five-year extension, $9.5 million. That is a significant chunk of change for a man who is in his mid to late 30s. And is going to bring him into, uh, probably bring him into his 40s, I think. Like, how old is Ovechkin? I thought he was like 35 or something like that. Let me see exactly how old Ovechkin, spell that properly, is. But regardless, I mean, that's a that's a big, a big, big deal. Yeah, born in 1985. So, yeah, he's 35 years old. Yeah. So, that's going to bring him until his age 40 season. Um, and what's Ovechkin going to be at 40 years old? We don't really know. Like, Ovi is a totally different animal. Like, this guy just keeps scoring goals. And has his game regressed a little bit since winning the Stanley Cup? Is he Has he really bought into a, a, a strong two-way, you know, game? I mean, not, not particularly. He's more just, uh, I'm just going to take, you know, I'm just going to score goals. Like, that's what I'm here to do now. I'm here to score goals. That's, that's all I really want to do. Um, he's been relatively healthy his entire career. Like, the guy's just, like, the a pillar of health. And considering that he, you know, although he is in a defensive, you know, me, uh, possession, like media, uh, why I keep saying media, but an analytics darling uh, for his defensive metrics, he did does use his body and he likes to throw his weight around. So it's interesting that he's he's just never, ever hurt. Um, but here's the interesting part. In order to catch Gretzky's goal record, which is always the conversation around Ovechkin, he needs to average 33 goals per season over the next five years to do it. The fact that he signed a five-year deal, I think, tells us that he's willing to play the next five years. 33 goals doesn't seem difficult for him. Like, for a regular 35-year-old, yeah, probably. Like Nick Felino, yeah, probably not going to hit 33 goals in the next five years. I'll, I'll say that. But Ovechkin? Man, he might. Like, he might. I think he'll be 36 by the time the season starts. But regardless, he very well could do this. I mean, he could still hit 40, like 35 to 40 goals for the next three years, which would bring that average down to like sub 30 for the remaining two. I think he can average 33 goals through the next five years. I, I still think he can score 40 to 45 in a, in a real season. You know, I, I, I do. I traded for him in, in a dynasty league in fantasy this past weekend. So clearly I have high hopes in Ovechkin still being productive. I think he's going to do it. I really do think he's going to pass Gretzky's goal record. If he would have just signed a three-year contract, I don't know if I would be – I don't think he would do it. I wouldn't be on board with it. Maybe he does come back afterwards. But signing five years at $9.5 million means I see a commitment to, to doing this from him. And I could see it happening. So I'm I'm good on record right here. I believe Ovechkin will surpass Wayne Gretzky as the best scorer of all time. Not just an error adjusted, 
but will legitimately score more goals in his career than the great one. Calling it now. Calling it now. Uh, let's look at some other stuff that uh, that went down today. So Connor Garland signing a five-year extension in Vancouver at a hair under $5 million. 4.95 was the uh, AAV there. You know, that was a good contract for uh, for, for Vancouver, not going to lie. I thought that was really good. I figured he'd come in around $5 million, so did come just a hair under that. Uh, he was a Leafs target, and, and I think 495 would have been a really nice contract to get him at to kind of be that Zach Hyman replacement. But anyways, couldn't uh, couldn't get there, wasn't able to figure out a deal with, with Arizona. The Canucks did, and he ends up signing an extension to stick around in uh, in Vancouver. Uh, Pavel Bushnevich, five years, 5.8 million AAV. I mean, he was coming off a career year, right? Had 20, uh, 28 goals this season. Um, figures to be probably a 30-goal scorer in the next couple of years if, if this indeed was his breakout season. I like Bushnevich. I think he's a good player. Um, it, it's probably a decent contract. So this was St. Louis, by the way. He was traded to St. Louis for like a second rounder uh, the, other, the other day, like last Friday, I think it was. Yeah, the day of the draft. Um, so, you know, inking up. Obviously, he's the Jaden Schwartz replacement for uh, for them in terms of you know filling that role, filling that offensive role. Mike Hoffman too, you know, gone. So they needed somebody to to fill the role on the left side um, or, or on the wing, and he could do that. And if Tarasenko takes off, I mean, Bushnevich is going to be their number one threat on the wing, right? So uh, so Bushnevich signs. Keith Yandel reportedly signing a deal with the Philadelphia Flyers, one year, nine hundred thousand. Interesting, interesting contract. I would have liked the Leafs to be in on that. If that's all it was going to take was about 900000 He could be a power play guy uh, potentially for Toronto. I mean, 900000 that's your that's your eighth defenseman or uh, sixth or seventh defenseman for that price, right? So, but not going to not gonna be in the market anymore, obviously, as he heads out to Philadelphia. Uh, what else we got going on today? Like I said, it was a busy day. Canucks traded Nate Schmidt to Winnipeg for a third-round pick. Uh, the Canucks also buying out Braden Holpe. Martin Jones was bought out by San Jose. James Neal bought out, uh, bought out by Edmonton. But the Martin Jones one is interesting because Jones apparently now has uh, has been placed on the Leafs shortlist for potential cheap 1B options for Jack Campbell. So, um, you know, I, I check in on Jones. I mean, he was he was a good goalie for a couple of seasons in uh in uh where was San Jose. Like when he was in LA in San Jose, he was actually like really, really good. The last three years or so he's fallen off, but before that he was fantastic. You in I'll quickly just go over his numbers, I suppose, but with LA, um you know, in his rookie season, played in 19 games. He had a 181 goals against a 934 save percentage. And then the following season, he had uh, 15 games where he had a 224 goals against a 906 save percentage. And then he got traded for a first-round pick to the uh, – actually, it was part of the Milan-Lucic trade, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then he was flipped – the same day, it was kind of a three-way trade for a first-round pick to the San Jose Sharks. And he had a really solid first three years. He had some Vesna nominations his first few seasons in San Jose. 65 games his first year, 227 goals against, and 918 save percentage. 
Second year, 65 games, a 240 goals against, a 912 save percentage. And his third season, uh, he had 60 games with a 254 goals against and a 915 save percentage. I did also forget to mention that that first year, 15-16, first season with, with the Sharks, went all the way to the Cup Final. So a guy who does have playoff success and then also went really deep a couple of years ago with the San Jose Sharks uh, into the Conference Finals. Um a few years back as well, got into 20 games there. So he has playoff success as well. And, I mean, you know, he, he's played really well in the playoffs. Like that 24-game that run all the way to the final had a 216 goals against and a 923 save percentage. I mean, he was a good goalie. The problem is that three years after that, he really kind of has fallen off, right? Like, basically a a, a Three something goals against a sub an eight ninety six save percentage since then. Like he's really, really has fallen off the last couple of seasons. Um, played just thirty four games this year for San Jose, but the team hasn't been great, right? Like San Jose has gone the last two years. Like they've gone downhill largely. So is it his game that has disintegrated, or is it the fact that the team in front of him has been really bad? And I think the Leafs may be willing to roll the dice and say, hey, there's still something in this goaltender. I mean, he's, what, 31? Goalies typically still have some juice into them, uh, into their mid-30s. So I think they look at him and say, hey, he could come in and be a number two. This is a this has some potential here. So, um, I, I, again, I... <laughs> I don't know if he is a preferred option for me, um, but I wouldn't be upset if the Leafs roll the dice on him, and I'll probably explain that in the next segment uh, where I go through my my Leaf targets for free agency. Uh, are we going to get to that now? Let me see if there's anything else that I wanted to discuss. That 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 We might as well actually get into it because I think that... Uh, That's a good little segue. So we'll take a quick break. When I come back, we'll talk about some other Leafs free agents that the Leafs could be interested in, as uh, as well as my top five power rankings for free agents that I want the Leafs to potentially go out and sign. And we'll do that next here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On These Podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. Just a reminder, this is a daily podcast here on Locked On Leafs, so make sure that you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast from and get that daily pod directly 
to your phone. Okay, we're taking a look at some free agents that the Leafs may be interested in, and then I'm going to give you my my power ranking of the top five that I have interest in. And this is a, a realistic top five, right? So keep keep that in mind. So let's take a look at some forwards that I think interest me from Leafs' perspective. So on the like unlikely-to-sign list, Gabe Landeskog would be amazing. You know, Dougie Hamilton would be amazing. And a goaltender, I mean, like, Linus Olmark would also be a solid, solid pickup. I just don't think these are likely signings that the Leafs can make. Like, let's be honest, they're going to be expensive. I think I heard uh, Dougie Hamilton also might have a deal in place already uh, in the $8.5 million range. So the Leafs cannot match that. And uh, so I think that he he's off the market. Landis Gog, you know, I'll talk about where I think he'll be going later on. But ultimately, those three guys, they'd be beautiful. They're definitely fit needs for this team, but it's very unlikely that they end up here unless some big, uh, some big roster changes uh, are, are coming. So... Let's take a look at some more likely players that the Leafs could be looking at. Brendan Saad is another guy who has won a few cups, won them in Chicago, and then played the last couple of seasons in Colorado. Uh, You know, 20 goal scorer, you know, usually 20-ish goal scorer. Um, So could bring in that veteran attitude, the, the killer mentality. The killer instinct. So Brendan Sod's won. Blake Coleman, obviously, um, just won uh, two cups with Tampa Bay. He's got a little bit of bite to him. Mikhail Grandland is a UFA, someone who the the Leafs have circled around before. Maybe they go and and you know double dip here in free agency and dip their toe back into the Grandland pond. Nick Foligno could come back um, if if they can get him on a, a a team friendly deal. Michael Bunting is a name that I think is very interesting. He's a UFA who uh, had 10 goals in 21 games with the Phoenix Coyotes. And we'll see Arizona Coyotes. Sorry, that's going in the jar. Uh, But, you know, Bunting would be an interesting name that I think the Leafs could look at as a potential diamond-in-the-rough top six winger type of deal that wouldn't cost a lot, but maybe they can find something. uh, Because, again, 10 goals through 21 games, that's not bad, right? That's that's. Darn, that's pretty good. That's like a thirty-five to forty goal pace in a forty game in an eighty-game season. So uh, Michael Bunting is an in- interesting name that I, I think the Leafs uh, should be really taking a hard look at. Uh, Matthias Janmark, I think he's got some versatility. Uh, Pia Suter, who was a um, non-tendered RFA from the Chicago Blackhawks, I think this would be a good depth piece if they can somehow uh, figure out a way to. Uh, to figure out a contract with Suter, Nick Ritchie, another RFA. Uh, so th- those are a couple of forwards that I think the Leafs might be interested in. Defensively, I think David Savard makes a ton of sense. Uh, he's been linked to Toronto multiple times. Travis Hamanick, another you know defensive right-shot defenseman who at this point is probably a third-pair guy, which is really what they're looking for, right? Uh, Mark Pissick. Is someone who they've circled the wagon around a couple times. Maybe they go back there. Yanni Hockenpah, who I'll discuss a little more in depth in a, in a moment. Uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. And here's a name. Eric Goodbranson. 
I'm not too sure that I would sign off on it, but when you look at what they're looking for, Good Branson, uh, he's won. He has, uh, did he win the cup with Pittsburgh? I thought he did. Maybe not, but he may have won the cup with Pittsburgh. But, anyways, he's, uh, you know, just a, a big body and really good in the locker room as well, but a big body who can, uh, you know, kill penalties, block shots, hits, um, doesn't play, you know, hockey very well, but he's got those intangibles that the Leafs are looking to to bring in. I think on a third pair, though, like Good Branson can be a little bit better if you shelter him um, in a third pair against, you know, lower lower talent. I know he's he's played up the lineup a little bit within uh, on other teams like in Vancouver and such, but if you play him against, you know, third fourth lines. Um, I think Good Branson may be good enough to get by. Uh, goaltenders, Martin Jones, I already talked about him being a, a potential option for them that they should be interested in. Peter Morazic is another goaltender I think they should be interested in. I talked about that yesterday. Yaroslav Halak, you know, he's already played for Montreal. He's played for Boston. Let's keep it rolling here with the Atlantic teams, and let's get him into Toronto, potentially as a, a 1B to Jack Campbell. And Braden Holpe, who was bought out today, I think is an interesting name to bring up here as well. Um, all right, let's take a look at the power rankings. But before I do, I also have a couple of clips from Kyle Dubas as to what he is going to be looking for this offseason, right? So, you know, so often we think about, okay, just go get this player because he's good or get that player because he's good. Well, there's certain players that the teams clearly look for. And this is what Kyle Dubas had to say that he was looking for in terms of uh, defensemen on the open market. So, yeah, so here's that clip right uh, now. So this is on defensemen, uh, the type of defenseman that is looking to uh, add this offseason. You know, we added Zach Bogosian last year in free agency, and, and that would be the type of player I think that we're, we're looking at, maybe one or two guys like that again. We've also lost some of our veteran depth from the American League last year on the back end, so we'll we'll seek to um, uh, to fill those voids, I think, just in terms of penalty-killing utility and maybe more of a size and uh, strength element on, on the back end. So utility, size, and strength, uh, penalty killer, those are the names that were kind of, th- or those were the uh, the terms that were thrown out when Dubas was discussing the type of defenseman that he's looking for in free agency. So that basically strikes Dougie Hamilton off, which we all expected. So basically he's looking for a third pair penalty killing. He's looking for a Zach Bogosian replacement at the end of the day. So I've got a couple of names in my top five who I think would be uh, pretty good players to kind of roll the dice on to be a bottom pairing right shot defenseman with penalty killing capabilities who's got that size that he's looking for. Uh, Let's see what he's looking for in the forward market. I think what we mean by that is just having greater depth and greater versatility in terms of who can come in and out of the lineup, the style of based on the style of game and the way that they play. I think it's continuing to find a a great I think identity in, in the bottom six of our of our team and working closely with Sheldon and the coaching staff in terms of what they exactly want there and then finding the best players that can be able to go in and execute that. So 
Um, you know, we, we've we've come along in that regard, but we're not uh, you know close to where we want to be. And I think there's a lot of teams in our league that provide instructive examples of, of where we can take that. But um, we're just trying to find the best players we can to play depth roles. I think it's a great opportunity here for a free agent to come in either in the top six uh, playing alongside of John uh, in Austin or um, alongside of Kerf and, and Ilya on the third line and, and then throughout the bottom end of the lineup. So yeah, looking for um, you know just the, it, it, versatility is really the big thing that he's looking for here in free agency. I mean, clearly there's two uh, holes, glaring holes up in the top six on the left side, but also I think they're looking to fill some depth as well. And over the last few seasons, they've done a really good job of signing multiple tweener type players to like league minimum contracts and then playing in the in the American League. Um, and then bringing them up and down and kind of having those types of players like, you know, uh, Nick Patan or uh, last year they had a couple of guys who kind of played that type of role. So I would anticipate a couple of those signings. Um, but then also, you know, maybe they can end up making a, a decent other splash to address the, the top six winger position that's available. So um, with those comments in mind, I kind of came up with a top five power rankings for Players that I want, uh, that that I think the Leafs could go after. Kind of like a Power 5 wish list, a power rankings for a a Leafs free agent wish list, I suppose, uh, for the Maple Leafs. And again, this is, uh, keep in mind, a, you know, I'm looking at this as a more realistic type of free agency as opposed to go get this guy, that guy, and that guy. So keep that in mind when I'm not bringing up the Landis Gogs. Uh, or, you know, the 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 Hymans and, you know, a bunch of other players, Paul Mary, Hamilton, Barry. You know, I'm not bringing those guys up for a reason. Uh, so let's start off at number five. So Yanni Hakampa, and like I said, I said I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about this guy in a moment, and obviously it's because I was waiting to talk about it here in my power rankings. But Yanni Hockenpah is a big dude, big right shot defenseman, six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds. He's a twenty nine year old late bloomer, and which is why his name may not be familiar to you. He's really only got into the NHL late uh, in twenty nineteen twenty, and then he played all of this season. So he's only played in total. Uh, 62 games in the NHL, split between Anaheim and Carolina. But he played so well in Anaheim that Carolina acquired him at the deadline um, and sent them Hayden Fleury, who was a, a prospect that they were high on. So, you know, Yanni Hockenpah, clearly a a uh, an NHL defenseman at this point, late bloomer, much to the, sh- the likes of um, of Justin Hall, right? They're both 29 years old. He probably won't be expensive, like just 62 games in the NHL and 11 additional playoff games. I don't think that there are a lot of a lot of teams are going to be lining up to pay this guy a lot of money. So I think you might be able to get him for a decent rate. He's a good penalty killer. And here's why I think that I have him on my list and why I think that this is like a legitimate chance that this could happen. Um, he fits the criteria of what Dubas is looking for. But the fit, there's also a fit here with Dean uh, Shimwith, right? The new assistant coach that was hired by the team from Carolina should know him very well. He, you know, they traded for Yoni Hakenpa, and he put him on the penalty kill, 
and was in charge of the defense as well. So there should be a good relationship there between Hockenpah and Dean Chinwith, and you know maybe that familiarity is something they that they could use to bring him in, right? And say you know with with that uh, friendship, perhaps relationship. I guess is probably a better word to use between Chinwith and and Hockenpah. And again, I don't think it'd be a lot of money. You know, you're looking in the in the you know one point two five, maybe one and a half million dollar range that Bogosian signed for. You know, I I don't think it's gonna cost a, a heck of a lot of money. But six foot five, two twenty. Um, if he didn't lead the league in hits, he was up there. I think he had like well over two hundred hits uh, in 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 the fifty six game season. Uh, he was out there hitting everything. Right, this guy's a freight train. So I think Hockenpah really checks a lot of boxes here for Toronto um, and, and could slide nicely into that third pair uh, alongside uh, Erasmus Sandin. Or perhaps, you know, you put him beside Jake Muzzin. I mean, he played well. His best, yeah, Hockenpah's best possession metrics came when he was playing with Cam Fowler. Um, so perhaps you play him with a better partner. And then, you know, I think when he's sheltered a little bit in that regard, you get a little bit more out of him. Um, so perhaps, you know, that's you could go with that as your shutdown pairing, and then you can move Justin Hall to your third pairing, or you could still do Sandy and Hockenpop. But I think this would be a decent option for the Maple Leafs. Okay, coming in at number four, Nick Ritchie. He's bought out by the, or sorry, he wasn't bought out. He was non-tendered um, by the Boston Bruins. So he's becoming a UFA tomorrow. Had a career best 15 goals this season, 26 points. Uh, he's just 25 years old. But again, fits the criteria of what they're looking for. They're looking to add size. Six foot two, 230 pounds. And again, had 15 goals this season. If this guy can, you know, at 25 years old, if he's clicked and found something, he could be a 15 to 20 goal guy and kind of be, uh, you know, just a, a bigger presence out there on the ice. I think Nick Ritchie could be a quality bottom six player for the Maple Leafs. Maybe even put him up in the top six. And here's like your really cheap. I mean, I don't want to call it a Zach Heim replacement because it's absolutely not. But a guy who you put in that role and say, go get the puck. You're a big guy. Just go get the puck. Um, I'm not sure how he is as a puck retriever. I don't know if I've seen enough of him to really give a, a good estimate. But, I mean, at 6'2", 230, you got to think that this uh, this kid could go in there and, and bang some bodies. And, you know, I think taking a gamble on him would be well worth it from a Maple Leafs perspective. Uh, Mikhail Granlund comes in at number three. The Leafs had interest in him at the deadline last year. I think there's a strong possibility that they double down here and they try and pick him up in, in free agency. He signed a, a $3 million deal last season. Didn't quite have the best of year. Um, had a down year in Nashville. He's really been trending downward for the past few seasons since he got to Nashville. But, I mean, that's been everybody, right, from uh, the Preds, not named Philip Forsberg, whose career has kind of went downward the last few seasons. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're partying up at Tootsie's too much, but uh, it just seems like everybody, right? Granlin, his career took a downturn. Um, Johansson took a downturn. Duchesne. Just everybody's offense dries up the second they hit Nashville. 
So I wonder if Granlin put in a different spot, maybe comes and plays in the top six here. He's got that versatility where he can play in the uh, down the wing or center. So you can even bring him in and be a third-line center and then move Kerfoot to the wing or vice versa. You could switch these guys up a little bit. And versatility is something that Kyle Dubas said that he liked. And I think that was something that they, they, he, they liked about him at the deadline last year. And now they can try and get him for free. Um, it's just going to cost, well, it's going to cost some money, but it's not going to cost him any assets. So I can see Mikhail Granlin being uh, at you know very close to the top of the list of uh, Kyle Dubas's shopping list for free agency. Number two, I've got Blake Coleman. I would love the Leafs to get Blake Coleman. It depends on the contract. If he's going to be out there asking for a similar price that Brendan Saad got, you know, a few years back or that it seems like Zach Hyman's going to get, then the Leafs clearly can't afford him, right? Like, if, if he's looking for 5500 to $6 million, the Leafs can't afford him. But if he can come in at a reasonable rate, around $4.5 million on, like, a four- or five-year deal, I think that's a pretty good pickup for the Leafs. Like, that's your replacement for Zach Hyman. You know, he'll go and dig into the dirty areas. He can score, you know, score about a 20 to 25 goal score. He's averaged 23 goals per season over the last three years. He brings that toughness, a winning mentality, the killer instinct that this team is desperately looking for. Just won two cups. Just won two cups. So I think Blake Coleman is an interesting player, um, and and if he can come in at a reasonable at a reasonable rate, which I think is possible. I mean, four and a half million. You're thinking that's about roughly what Tyler Toffoli signed for last year. It's slightly more than what Alex Iafalo signed for this year in, uh, as an extension in LA. And like, I mean, those are comparable. I would say comparable contracts. They play different styles. Iafalo is probably closer to a Coleman than Toffoli, but you know, I, I just if if. I have follows signed for four million. Fully signed for four two five. I would have a hard time stomaching more than five, four and a half for Coleman with the Leafs. Could he get more elsewhere? Perhaps. Will he go elsewhere? Most likely, if that is the case. Uh, but for me, if they can somehow find a way to get this guy under contract at a reasonable rate, um, I think that Coleman would be a terrific addition to the Maple Leafs. Uh, my number one player. On my power ranking is a goaltender. There's a bunch of them out in free agency. Uh, we're going to get to some more of them in the match game. But Peter Morazic comes in as my number one player on my Leafs free agent wish list power rankings. Yeah, again, it's kind of similar to Blake Coleman where it's going to depend on what the contract looks like. But this would be a perfect player to come in as a Jack Campbell tandem. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. He's been in a tandem the last few seasons in Carolina. He was, you know, he he knows what it's like to be in a tandem. He knows Dean Chinwith very well. Again, coming from Carolina. And Mrazek would be kind of familiar with, like, the type of defensive structure that maybe Chinwith may try and... and, um, you know, use now that he's with the Maple Leafs. So there's that familiarity there with the with the coaching staff. And 
I mean, he's a player who's really rebounded. Like, Peter Mrazek is not the same guy that we saw back in Detroit and certainly not the same guy that you saw in Philadelphia. Like, a few seasons ago, Mrazek was was done. It, it seemed like his career was over. He was 26 years old and, uh, you know, had a 322 goals against a sub-900 save percentage. Uh, you know, was flipped from Detroit to Philly for like a conditional third, and it didn't go well. It just didn't go well. And then he lands in Carolina and, re, you know, has a resurgence in his career. You know, since that awful year where he split with Detroit and Philly, since that trade, signing with Carolina the three seasons since, 90 starts with a 911 save percentage and a 248 goals against. This past year, Injury injury plagued, I might add. Not really plagued, but he had a thumb injury, which limited him to just 12 games this year. Plus, he did lose his starter role to Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, but just 12 games, so a smallish sample size. But had his best year. A 6-2-3 uh, record with a 2.06 goals against, a 9.23 save percentage, and a 4.5 goals saved above average through just 12 games. That's crazy. That is a a good number. <laughs> that is a good number. So Peter Morazic had himself a, a real solid season, and I'll be interested to see if he's looking to cash in on a, a big long-term deal. But at 29 years old, I mean, I would feel comfortable giving him, you know, three, four years, I guess. Maybe the Leafs don't. But if you can get him for under $4 million, I'd sign him to a long-term contract of, well, like a three-, four-year deal at about $3.5 million. He's coming off a year where he made three. Now, he's leaving Carolina, and I wonder if it's because they are not willing to pay him um, a good month, a good salary or if he just wants to leave. I, I really don't know. But if he can get Peter Morazic in here for about three and a half to three seven five on a three- or four-year deal, that might be worth it. You split the time with with uh, Jack Campbell, essentially 50-50. You just ride the hot hand as much as possible. I think a, a goaltender should be number one on the list for Kyle Dubas, a, a backup goalie who has starting capabilities. It should be number one on the list. And I think Peter Morazic is probably that guy. I talked about Martin Jones earlier in the podcast, and he's another one who I think would be a, a decent pickup. And he'd be cheaper than Morazic. And I guess that's the biggest thing. Like, what do you want what do you want to spend your money on this offseason? Because the Leafs have, I think, uh eleven million? No. Yes. The Leafs have, sorry, nine, yeah, because they extended so nine point three million dollars in cap space. So nine point three million. Do you want to spend three and a half to four million of that on your second goalie and go with Morazic? And then that pretty much probably takes you out of the running for a guy like Blake Coleman. May might be able to get Grandling because he had a down year, but you know, it really takes you out of of uh finding a legitimate Zach Hyman replacement. You know, then you might have to go internally with with guys like Galchenyuk and like Nick Robertson. Maybe, uh, you know, Nick Ritchie could do something or perhaps Granlin takes cheaper. But, you know, if you're spending a big portion of that free agent dollars on that second goaltender, 
that you can't really go big buck hunting for your top six wingers. But if you take Martin Jones, who's just bought out and expected to be making a lot of money over the next few seasons, maybe he takes a million dollars or a million five on a one or two year deal. So it all depends how this team is going to go about free agency and what they do at the goaltending position. But I think that is the number one need and what I think is the number one storyline at this point since we're all pretty well to the point where I think Zach Hyman's gone. So we don't even need to focus on that anymore. So that's where I'm at. Those are my five free agents, uh, the wish list power rankings. So we'll do it from five through one. Yoni Hockenpah, big right shot defenseman. Uh, Nick Ritchie, uh, Mikhail Granlund, Blake Coleman, and Peter Mrazek, the goaltender, as my number one free agent wish list. So if they get Mrazek over anyone else, stoked. I'd be so happy with a Mrazek and Jack Campbell tandem, uh, assuming that they don't overpay, that is. Uh, I would be super stoked if that is the tandem going forward. I think that would be... Uh, terrific news for the Maple Leafs. Um, I'm actually going to break this up into two two episodes, so make sure you download the second episode because coming up on the second show, I'm going to do the match game. And it's just going to be purely uh, just an extra bonus show, bonus episode, uh, but this is going to be me going through all the big-time free agents, and I'm trying to match them up. Where are they going to go? So make sure that you do subscribe to the podcast. Get that second one. Download it. Uh, It should also be right there for you wherever you got this podcast from. Uh, So go make sure you download that. But that's going to do it for me today on this podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. I'll be back with another episode uh, tomorrow. Uh, but also keep in mind, I will be putting out a second episode today. So listen to that one as well. And then tomorrow, we'll be talking about everything that happened during free agency. Should be uh, a wild, wild day. And maybe even a Jack Eichel trade may come down to talk about by then. Uh, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.